0: Welcome to Additive Insight, your source for news, interviews, and comment on the latest three D printing and additive manufacturing intelligence. Brought to you by the TCT Content Team, and this week brought to you live from Formnext in Frankfurt. Where I think we're all pretty tired, pretty achy, mm-hmm. the usual, really, at the yeah. end of a Formnext week.
1: Eyes are tired, feet are a mess, and I'm jealous that you're going home tonight.
0: Sorry, <laughs> I am Laura, um, and I'm here with
1: uh, I'm Sam. Do we doing that? I'm doing job title.
0: <laughs> you do it if you want. Senior
1: content producer.
0: <laughs> and we have a new, uh, well, he's a newish member of the CCT mm-hmm. editorial team, but first time on the TCT Additive Insight podcast. We have
2: Ollie, or Oliver uh, Junior, <laughs> content producer. <laughs>
0: um, so it's quite nice today because normally it's just down to me and Sam, but thanks, we have a third person to palm stuff off on, so that's great. <laughs> right. um, and we really needed it this week because there's been so much to get around. And I know we joke, or everybody jokes, about having achy feet at the end of a farm next week, but that is because there is so much floor space to cover across those four halls and none of it has been planned very well on my end when it comes to going from booth to booth and picking ones that are next to each other. So yeah,
1: I bumped into Nikki, one of our sales uh, people, at about 10am and she'd already walked like three miles um, <laughs> and you know, she'd been monitoring that like, hour by hour. Um, she was quite short, so they short steps, but three miles is good all
0: right well don't try and take it away from her <laughs> no, <it's not> <laughs> but we have seen quite a lot this week i think if anything it, it, we've seen probably less launches than we normally do on a form next week because you know not to be like back in my day but um i feel like <laughs> you know uh, i've been at every form next we've had sam have you been at every form next no, no
1: my first one was 2017
0: okay and i feel like in in years gone by it's been like we've had so many press releases about new machines because most companies have just wanted to launch something. It seemed just to be part of like the Form Next Buzz and and this week it feels like a lot of the launches have been a bit more like intentional, kind of incremental rather than just launch the stuff for the sake of having something there. And so we've seen like, less surprise launches, although we have had one today, yeah. which we'll talk about later. Um but yeah, so it's been it's been quite nice for that, but um it's also been still been very hard to to get around to everything. So what we're going to do, we're just going to try and sort of pick some of the key news stories, really, and um, just talk about some of the booths that we've been to visit. And I'm really keen today to get Ollie's first impressions as a first time Farm Next attendee because, like Ollie, you've been to like maybe one event in the industry now. You went to D3D a few weeks yeah, ago.
2: and that's not on the same scale as as Farm Next. It was, it was great. It was you know I saw a lot of stuff there, but Farm Next is a different beast,
0: (laughs) and so i know that you've done quite a few booth tours this week which has been probably quite good because it means you can get a real taste of all corners of the industry because that is what this week is good for like i feel like there's been a lot of metals here Mm -hmm. but you do get like just about every corner of the am industry so i don't know i guess ollie not to put you on the spot but Mm -hmm. just tell us how how it's been for you
2: it's been really useful and i think it's going to continue to be useful when i'm you know in my writing for you know going forward because as a journalist you've got to be able to write about things you don't really know much Mm -hmm. about but obviously it helps to understand what you're writing about as well so to be able to see the technology, really see how it works because I'm I'm more of a visual learner Mm. so to actually see something, and I've explained as I'm watching it you know, that's helped a lot so the 3D Systems booth tour, I saw all of their systems there's was a lot to take in. Yeah, yeah it but, is. Um,
0: Sorry, I put that one on you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: But um, there's a lot of different types of machines, different uh, materials. So that was that was fascinating. Yeah, that was a good one.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's been quite strange for you because there's so many things that you like. You've written about already. Like I was literally joking to so Jim who was our head of content and then it was one of our VPs um, who we're still working with on, on this year's conference. We were talking then and apparently um, Dan in our office has been saying that t- the volume of articles that you've produced already, Ollie, is just absolutely ridiculous. Mm. So it's kind of funny to think the amount of things you've written about we haven't actually seen in person yet. Yeah. <laughs> and I know you've gone to a few booths today where like you've you've interviewed a company and you've gone and brought the magazines. It must be quite nice to actually go and just see that in person now and see some of the machines running properly. Yeah,
2: definitely. Um, I, was, I was saying to Sam before, I've done 260 articles so far, so my goal is to get to 300 by the end of the
0: year. I think you definitely <laughs> will, easily. But see, that's the thing. Normally in a form next week, you could be like, ticking off just those extra ones, wouldn't we? But, uh, that's the next week though, isn't it? Because yeah. there's
1: so many in our inbox that we've not managed to get to mm-hmm. because you're going meeting to meeting. Um, so, And I I think, to be fair, like to to your earlier point, a lot of the announcements were made last week. Mm -hmm. So it's almost spread across the whole November month because there's that many. Like, there's 800 exhibitors here. Not all of them will have made an announcement, but at least 100 probably have. Oh, yeah. Um, So, yeah, that just didn't stop, does it? (laughs) No. And then we've got interviews to. Kind of go
0: through all, so. yeah yeah I've tried to be a bit more conservative this week about the amount of interviews that I've said yesterday because I did really want to leave time just to wander around and honestly in, not very well mm-hmm. but in the hour that I did walk with, like have today and I walked around a little bit the first two companies I saw I'd never seen before okay. and like one was a new technology it was um called Sinterjet and it was a, a desktop binder jet technology which i I don't think i've seen before um i saw a few parts and i didn't actually see the the machine running obviously but um that was pretty interesting and then there was another company that i saw uh i can't think what they were off my head but anyway the point is it was quite nice just to wander around and see things i hadn't spotted because i think what we're all quite guilty of is because we get a lot of that news in advance they're the things that okay we'll, we'll go see them we'll go we'll go find out a bit more about that we'll go do an interview and you don't really then just take stock and just have a look because I stomp through these halls. It doesn't help. I've got massive shoes on, but like, <laughs> <laughs> but and I don't notice anything. The amount of people I've been said you blanked me before in the hallway, I'm like, I don't look at anything else. I'm just tunnel vision to the place I'm trying to go to. Um, so you just don't really spot an awful lot. So it has been quite nice just to see, even if, though it was just a couple of things, just to see that that
1: might just be your eyesight. Though. I mean, it is. I'm not. <laughs> glasses, I've
0: not anything. worn glasses all week. <laughs> Okay, I, like, I have sort of a question. Do you want to ask? Like, because I am finding it really hard to put a theme on this week's event. Like, normally we'll come back and we'll spot some key trends and we'll say, like, oh, there's a lot of people talking about that. And there's been a few things, but I don't think I can really put an overall takeaway on it. it can you review? I
1: don't think there's one single thing that everyone's landed on. I've heard a few. Um, quality seems to be a big one that mm. the industry used to. I mean, I, I think they do, I think they get it, but it's that thing of there's always room for improvement. Um, and so I've had a few people mention quality. I think materials will continue to be... So, you know, when we say there's not been too many launches, what we really mean is there's no new machines. Yeah. Or not too many new machines. And I think that's because, really, the enabler at this point is more materials, both... Well, mainly polymers, I would say, but for both. Um, and then supply chain keeps coming up, but not necessarily in a um, not a negative but not a not a just a you know baseless platitude. It's yeah. actually COVID happened, we saw um, the potential, but between that and actually arriving at where we think three D printing can have a real impact, there's a load of work to do. Within the AM industry and within the rest of the manufacturing industry, in terms of understanding and then implementing, yeah, got
0: sugar three D printer in a room, and yeah, then there you go. Yeah,
1: that is, I mean, everyone would like that. Some people probably think that's the case. Some people in here probably suggest that's the case, but that isn't the case. <laughs> and so that's going to take a lot longer to actually come to fruition. But the point I think that I've heard made is as a manufacturing space. We weren't ready for COVID and that crisis, but the aim is to be ready for the next one, mm-hmm. um, and that's on the people in the um, exhibition spaces on, and I guess the people walking floor buying the shoes, mm-hmm. um, and that's I guess that's some education play, um, and then just understanding that it all takes time, and so you know we've done we've covered that in the latest magazine, um, which has been distributed here. Um, and I think, you know, we, there, there, so we were looking for case studies as part of that feature. We found a few, mm. but it was a lot of work to find a few. Oh, yeah. It wasn't easy. Yeah. So that's where we're at, I think. Mm-hmm. There are instances but it isn't as widespread and it hasn't been as immediate as maybe was hoped two and a half years ago.
0: Mm -hmm. No, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because I feel like we came in it armed with a few questions that we wanted to ask companies and one of them was on supply chain because we know it has been a trend, but I do feel like... (sighs) is the industry industry is now sort of working out okay like we did this with like face shields and you know with all this stuff that we needed on demand you know at the start of the pandemic but now what do you actually do with that in terms of real industry and like you said we covered it in the the latest magazine in terms of the right questions people need to be asking who they should be asking those questions to um and i won't say what company it was but I, i was speaking to a company this week who said that they did actually sell a lot of polymer machines early on in the pandemic for printing the the nasal swabs mm. and um i know we saw a lot of a lot of application stories about that you know that was one of the, the big things um but i found it interesting to know that like they were selling machines because i think the impression i got at the time was there was a lot of people that had those capabilities already yeah. and then they were like, okay well, what can we do all right well, we'll use it for this now because no one's buying any other parts so we'll manufacture these this is how we're going to help out in this awful situation and i and i was surprised when they said they'd sold a lot of machines and then i said okay well Do you know what's happening with those machines now? Have they found something Mm -hmm. else to do with them? And they did say that a lot of it, a lot of those had gone to hospitals. So, you know, I know that's a lot more complicated to use 3D printing in that capacity because depending on what you're using it for, you need certain regulations, that sort of thing. But, um, you know, I'm going to follow up with that. Because they couldn't answer the question there and then about other types of customers, but I I do want to know what is happening with those printers now that were brought in at the time during the pandemic. Are they being used for the things? You know, what kind of things do people learn that they're actually putting into practice? So,
1: another element of that, I think, is one. So one of the other questions we've been asking about the economic uncertainty globally, Mm. and what I understand is happening. um, A lot of people, funnily enough, when I ask that question, a lot of people actually find it positive for the industry. I think it ties into the supply chain of you know it's a i guess it's a competitive advantage to have a um and in a down market you need that as a business but um people have been saying that similar to what's happening during covid particularly with the more expensive machines is companies don't have the mandate to actually spend that money on a hundred thousand two hundred thousand three hundred thousand pound machine yeah and so that is going to take that prolonging it. So I spoke to one person who said they're talking with a company about buying their machine in 2024 because that's so they'll Get the go-ahead to spend that amount. Right, money. okay. So that is just going to delay it also because companies aren't allowed to spend okay. that much money unless they absolutely know it's going to work. I think there's still a risk element with the technology that maybe they're not, Always sure it's repeatable enough, or they're not always sure they're going to actually justify it in terms of applications day in day out, mm-hmm. and so that's just slowing it down because these machines are expensive, and if you're a business, are you putting down a few hundred thousand pounds on a new technology that you're going to have to go through the whole education process with, or are you just going to buy a traditional method of manufacture? It's probably the latter. Mm-hmm.
0: That actually ties into another thing. Oh, there you go. I'm thinking of themes, aren't we, guys? There we go. Um, conversation I've had this week where people have said, um, the the mindset has shifted from people that were just buying machines, which I think we have heard more of, like in recent years. But people that were just buying machines, it was like, yeah, okay, we we need the next big thing. We need we need mm-hmm. to do this to look like we're innovative, to look like we're you know, interested in the next technology. Whereas, like now, people are actually coming up, they're coming forward with the applications and you know saying okay i need a machine for this you know what what what's the best technology for me to use because i know that maybe ollie you probably won't have i've had the opportunity yet but sam and me and you have seen enough like machines that we've been to facility visits that have just clearly Mm -hmm. been like left to gather dust in Mm -hmm. the corner because they've been bought under completely like you know just the wrong circumstances and they've never been used for anything but thankfully now people seem to be asking the right questions and you know we, we we, we have kind of seen like an industry that has been like have this amazing technology but more looking for an application and now it seems to be the other way around, which is very good.
1: I think, as well, on, on the innovation thing, like if you're a buyer and the technology continues to improve, so if you're in the market for a new phone, how often do you hang on for a month or two because you know the next iPhone's coming out? Yeah, so if you're a button, that's a you know a thousand pound purchase compared to a hundred thousand pound purchase, but if you suspect that um and i know companies usually are good with upgrades and that kind of thing but i'm sure that comes with an added cost that they tell us about. Mm-hmm. but you're going to hold on until the innovation steadies a bit because you don't want to buy it and it becomes obsolete within let's say even three or four years because that's not how you buy machines it's not how you like as a manufacturer want to do your business you want to know that that machine's good mm. And that depends on the industry. But, you know, some of the products that people make, are, they're in service for that long. So you don't, I don't think you want to be that, you don't want that much upheaval on your, on your factory floor. You want a buying machine and know it'll work, and it'll work for a few years, and you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. For, you know, maybe the person the person that's next in your role has to worry about yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but you don't need to worry about that. I don't think that, that's probably, I, I don't know. I think this industry is guilty of, always wanting some innovation but i don't think it's always necessary i think at some point it's got to slow down and we we will be coming to these events and there are no big machine launches and we've not really had too many this week which i think is a positive in one way i think so yeah Um, it means that it's less easy for us to do a podcast and find (laughs) the angle but i think that's the most important thing so
0: (laughs) Ollie, what about you? Have you spotted any kind of themes, any sort of things that people are talking about a lot?
2: A common thing that people spoke to me about is, um, well, I've been asking a lot of people what their favourite applications are mm-hmm. or what they're excited about for the future. And a common answer that keeps coming up is medical applications, because there seems to be a few innovations in that area. So, um, like companies doing bioabsorbable polymers, mm. which mm. can help heal wounds, which, you know, could be life-saving stuff. And then BMF... On, the tiniest tiniest scale things that can be inserted into veins to stop stroke i've seen i've heard a lot of people talking about being excited for the future of medical applications yeah. um, with like new materials and new machines that can print smaller uh and use new, new ways of doing structures of certain materials so that that's been a common thing that pretty much everyone i've spoke to has said yeah they're excited about medical applications.
0: i think we always hear that don't the excitement around medical because like you know like you've just said all those applications you just don't know when that is going to affect you and like when you speak to people or at least i find this to people outside of the industry and they're like oh my god it's amazing that you can print like you know um implants you can do this this, and And it really does
1: because you can relate to it and it's um i don't this one's on i don't care about an automotive part that saves some rich people a load of money that's Mm -hmm. not doesn't get me no a, a story about saving or changing someone's life we can all appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um whereas like I know that there's a lot of people in the century who are really into like their cars and I'm mm-hmm. sure they have a passion for it, but that doesn't strike me when I hear it. It doesn't like I'm not massively excited to write that article compared to an article where, you know, some some young lad or a girl's got a prosthetic and it's got some cool designs their favourite yeah. thing. Yeah. Um or it's, you know, as always says like the idea of preventing strokes by putting tiny parts of the veins—that stuff is crazy—but mm-hmm. may just come to fruition at some point.
2: And they can now, people, companies I've spoke to—they uh, can scan like a tumor mm-hmm. or a part of the body that has a tumor, and then practice surgery yeah, yeah, yeah. so the surgery gets done perfectly to yeah. save someone's life. That's incredible.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think the materials are not there as well. That the the. Uh, the bios of the, the reabsorbable I stuff. I mean, I'm seeing that come on quite a lot because we had 40 biomaterials um, in the UK um, who started doing it a few few years ago now, um, and I think they were the first to, to have that sort of that sort of technology you know re- really impressive you know some applications they, they were developing um but also i've seen a few other things on the show floor this week in ceramics which is kind of a similar thing mm-hmm. where it's um like a lattice structure that, that will kind of have the same function but you know i hadn't seen that in, in ceramics yet so um that is yeah it is good to see how much that is coming on and bounds and again it's, sam it's like you said it's talking more about the materials side rather than like hardware that is where the kind of enabling application sorry the enabling technology developments are coming from Today's episode is sponsored by 3D Systems. Here, Paul Miller, 3D Systems Materials Product Marketing Manager, introduces Duraform PAX, a new novel SLS nylon photopolymer that promises great mechanical properties for prototypes and end-use parts, long-term stability, and unexpected low cost of ownership.
3: Duraform PAX is a new family of products that uh, we developed in partnership with uh, AMS Grilltech. And what we're really excited about is it's innovation in this space where there hasn't been a ton of types of materials. Duraform PAX is durable, it's tough, um, it has really high elongation and is really flexible. So it opens up a lot of application possibilities. It prints at a very low temperature, which is actually one of its strengths because it's easier on printers and has a really high recycling rate. What we're also really excited about is some of the operational benefits. It is faster to handle. Uh, You can remove it, the part cake, the machine faster after printing, and the breakout of parts. And and that's where some of the financial benefits help our customers as well. When people hear new and novel, they they typically jump to, it's gotta be expensive. Um, but, But our pricing strategy with DuraForm PAX was intended to encourage adoption as a go-to material, particularly for those customers that are looking for prints with unspecified properties. So you you still get all those great mechanical properties that we, we talked about, but at generally a lower cost. And then it's the operational benefits. It's the ease of printing. It's the operator intervention, the less service. You don't have any sublimation, which is one of the big challenges people experience with PA11s. Our customers have come to us and said they're really excited to be able to offer an SLS material uh, to their customers that that they can ship within 24 hours which is is truly remarkable
0: this material is intended for end-use parts you've got long-term stability and in some cases properties that make it indistinguishable from injection molded parts can you talk about that
3: Today we have two different variants and it's a family that we expect that will, will grow in the future. We have a, a natural color and a black color. We've tested the color and the mechanical properties out over five years for indoor and outdoor over a, a year and a half. And the tensile strength, the elongation and color all hold up From the look and the aesthetics of the material, particularly when you vapor hone it, you're able to get some translucency that opens up new applications. So anything where you're trying to look at liquids and anything with thin walls, you'll get that really nice translucency. It's it's been described from our customers as looking like a a rigid polypropylene. For the black material, uh, instead of the translucency, you get an additional sheen. So some of these sample applications that we've made is we've introduced texture onto the parts and then vapor honed it by doing that it really looks like an injection molded plastic one of the examples i like to talk about is some of our engineers that work on all these different materials in in our office and showing these uh, vapor honed sls parts people are shocked to believe that they're they come from sls
0: to learn more head over to mytct.co forward slash 3ds pod or visit 3dsystems.com Do we talk then about some of the uh, the key stories? Um, I feel like one of mine does fit into a theme which I have noticed, so should I go first? You can go first. Okay, <laughs> ecosystem. <laughs> That is a word that I've heard a lot more of this week. And I think there's a a lot of companies want to put that word across because while we're not seeing like massive machine launches, we are seeing more announcements around developing our ecosystems with um, software and materials companies um, coming together, mainly around software, actually. Um, The fact there's been, I don't even know how many software announcements we had this week. I mean, Dindrite alone have announced about six different ones um, to do with the um, latest part of a fusion uh mm-hmm. toolkit which they've just announced now for for end users i think it's the first product they've got like this but um they've announced that with support from several uh laser power fusion vendors like renishaw um slm solutions um, and then we're also seeing companies like Octon made an announcement this week with DigiFabSet, which is an online um, like an e-commerce platform for digital manufacturing and they're integrating the capabilities. Uh, it's like a um, AI AI powered um, intelligent MES platform. They're incorporating that into their capabilities just to really like you know push forward the ability to um, order parts on demand and get it right. Um, so that's quite interesting because it software falls into so many different categories you know and i was on out to yesterday talking about that and they would they shared an example of like a customer they spoke to who originally using like eight pieces of software just to do one thing and i think we've, how many times have we heard that they in this industry of people having to use so many different software tools just to get to that like end product whereas they really want to streamline that and that's an, this is an example of, of how they're doing that um but just seeing all these these software companies um really just showing how important that is in terms of the entire workflow with additive manufacturing not just in terms of design but in terms of like pushing through part orders and the quality that you were talking about earlier today sam for repeatability quite a few um, things i've seen this week at companies showing the ability to save a um, like a build recipe for, for a part so that's then repeatable which is very important when it comes to distributed manufacturing which falls back into supply chain stuff if we're talking about manufacturing on demand but there's stuff like that you know just all these little things that if we are getting into more production applications that we're totally going to need in order for people to have confidence in this technology um and on ecosystem as well one of the launches i wanted to talk about was hp which was a machine launch so hp launched a new machine it's the first machine from a new series focused on white 3d printed parts so as we know hp have historically offered black 3d printed parts which is unique in this industry because when we think of you know um powder bed tile uh, polymer technology you think of these white white parts Mm -hmm. And with this, they're seeing huge demand for this. Of course, they are especially with things like consumer products where you want to customize with certain colors. And they've obviously got their partnership with Dimension, who they use for um, dyeing their products. And um, we've seen all these wonderful, like vibrant colors. Dimension can just do just about every color under the sun for uh, HP and uh, multi-jet fusion technology. I think that was probably the the biggest machine launch that I saw because we, we knew maybe like the day before or something that this was going to happen. I'm not going to lie, I still haven't physically been to the booth to see it because it was in the press conference and haven't managed to get <laughs> over there yet. Um, but I did speak to HP, so I be publishing um, a story on that in the next couple of weeks. Don't put a time to get on this, Laura. you'll never meet it. <laughs> but in that press conference, they did have some customers with them, and um, they had John dolcino's was there, GK and additive, and they also had um, a customer from Prototal there as well, talking about the polymer side. Um, so I'll just focus more on the polymers because I feel like Sam, you covered the metals extensively mm-hmm. after IMTS. So the, uh, this is the first place in Europe that HP have shown their metal jet technology, and um, but the the brand new stuff today was was the white parts, and and Prototal was saying that they're seeing really huge demand for for these um, white polymer products and you know that they've been using hp technology for for some time now they run 90 am systems overall not all of them mostly fusion of course but they, they they've they been using hp since the dawn of the 4200 so they've got a lot of experience with that there um, and i think what's really great is um while we're not seeing like massive machine launches at the show what is nice is that hp have launched this They've already had it tested with customers like ProTotal and other of the digital manufacturing um, service providers, they know it works and it's gonna be available on the market. It's not gonna be like, yeah, and we'll see you again in four years time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think that's that's something that I, I will take that and rather than like hearing about these technologies that we're not gonna see about for 10 years or maybe never see again, which has happened several mm-hmm. times. It's nice to just have a launch and like, yep, and you know what, you can just go and order it now. Um, so that was pretty cool and some of the examples i saw like some of the dyed parts they had some um, really good consumer products there so i, I do want to try and go and have a quick look before i go today i'm not leaving myself very much no, time <laughs> um but yeah that was probably the the, the biggest launch and that's, and then just quickly on another one i know i spoke about opt um, very quickly but this is the first time i've seen Opton in person since they were acquired by 3d systems and they're still operating as very much as a, as a separate entity, but it was really nice to see how they're leveraging a lot of 3d systems, 3d expert, um, intelligence. They, they, you know, the way those two products really just like marry together is very exciting. Some of the part applications I was seeing there, you know, the way they were stacking loads of parts, really just showing examples of how this can be used for reliability, repeatability in terms of production. Um, and so, I, I, I'm again, I'm not going to say too much about that one because that's another story that I do want to write up very soon. But um, it was just quite cool to see how, I think it was maybe five years ago that I maybe did the first, I maybe four years ago, I did the first intro I did with, with Octon. And they were talking all about, you know, the future and, and, and what they wanted and in terms of the digital factories and where they wanted to be. And it felt like on their booth yesterday, we were seeing a lot of the, the results of that. So... That was, that was a very nice sort of visit, actually. So I'll be putting that one up very, very soon, but I'm not putting a timeline on it, sorry. <laughs> who wants to go on X and talk about what they've seen?
1: I want to note just quickly on HP. Mm. Um, I spoke to one person who, when I mentioned that they launched um, some white parts that could be dyed by Dan Munchen, their only word to me back was, finally. And mm-hmm. that was from a competitor who, a very new competitor, and you could probably guess who, who have already got like a Fizzy. But it's interesting that, because they very quietly discontinued the colour series and um, I I guess about 18 months back and that probably with Dimension colour dying fills that that gap of that discontinued. I know I've I've been on the facility tour in the last couple of months and people still use that technology but Mm. they don't um, don't sell that anymore, not sure why, but it still works. But I guess this um, this replaces that. I'll go next on mine because it's the the biggest announcement was well, actually there being a physical machine, even a render of a physical machine. Completely
0: contradicting everything I've just said.
1: Yeah, which is good of them. <laughs> you were halfway through a blog, I believe. I was. Um, but to be fair, if you followed my Twitter thread on Tuesday afternoon, you would have seen, I think, unless I didn't put it in there, which I should have, but they did mention at the press conference I did on Tuesday that there was going to be a big machine launch or announcement. Um,
0: I think I retweeted your thread and probably didn't even read it. Well, Sorry. that's what people on social media do
1: all the time, so Sorry. that's fine. Um, but that's SESFL Solutions. Um, so they've launched a launched a machine, in a way. Soft launch, I guess. Um, there's no product name, there's no images, but the the next um, product that they're working on after their um, NXG series, and I'm not even sure if it's part of that series and I don't know how many layers it'll have, but it um, has a build volume of... 3 by 1.2 by 1.2 meters that they say addresses the limitations of existing part of bed metal machines when it comes to part size. So, cylindrical parts with a diameter of 1.8 meters and a height of 1.6 meters would be um, feasible on this machine, or long parts up to 3 meters in height and 1.2 meters in width and depth. Um, Plus, they claim there's a build rate of 330 centimeters cubed per hour. Um, So, Sam O'Leary, the CEO, commented. Um, in that press release. This is another example of their relentless innovation which is a term he was using frequently in that press conference alongside um, Nikon and as we've reported um, last month I guess that was obviously a big attraction of Nikon. They mentioned it again in the press conference that they really valued the engineering team at SLM but also the sales and also the management. Um, so in that press conference on Tuesday afternoon, packed, I've never seen a press conference like that by the way. <laughs> um, like standing room only in a pretty big a pretty big room. Um, they Nikon basically outlined the potential synergies between the two firms, so accelerated product development and road mapping, R and D collaboration, market share was a was a big thing that they were talking about, and, and on that, so SLM Samaliri again was um, during his presentation um, noted that they put twenty percent of their revenue into R and D last year. They they're going to increase that next year. Ninety five percent of their revenue by next year they expect to come from multi laser technologies. Mm. Um and medium to long term, um they expect the market to grow, and along with that they expect their share of that market to grow. Um. They also teased a software announcement in in that press conference, um, and that turned out to be a partner ecosystem, which features ties Materialized, mm-hmm. and on. Um, and that ecosystem is going to supplement what SLM already offer on software, but it's going to cover build preparation, digitalization, connectivity, and quality assurance. Um, we've got all the details of that on the website. Plus, um, they've obviously announced on our front cover, the NXG 12600E, which I think we've spoken about on previous podcasts. Um, there's like big banners of it all over the place, on our cover obviously. Um, and so they've been like hella busy um, this week because they weren't here last year, which was quite a... not controversial. It's an interesting decision because I think pretty much everyone else was. Yeah. But SLM pretty early had made the decision not to come. And I think with that last announcement today, which like three hours before we started recording this, um, that. Um, machine with no name and, and no no image um i feel like they've kind of you know stole the week in terms of news mm-hmm. um so so there was that there's post-processing as well just quickly so amt and dimension um both have made a series of, of announcements this week so with a number of partnerships on the collaboration theme you mentioned so dimension have launched a cloud-based and browser-based um application called the dimension workflow which offers live monitoring, custom alert, workflow analysis. Um, AMT have launched a new sustainable FDA-approved chemistry for vapors moving, which I think was basically FDA-approved FDA before they've even launched it, mm. um, which is quite interesting. Um, but they've also both announced surface finishing systems specifically designed to process polypropylene parts um, in the same week. So they've both had the same idea there. And basically, AMT have developed a proprietary process to combat the challenges around uh, the chemical resistance to polypropylene and Dimension have got a green vapour polishing technology to do the same thing. The motivation behind this is that, that polypropylene products are widely used in, in industry like automotive, and medical and consumer goods but you can't use the to valve undergoing significant surface finishing but because of its inherent resistance to chemicals and solvents it's actually quite hard to do their mm. standard um, surface finishing products so that's a Innovate anyway, and um, come up with new solutions, and both launched like in the same week at the same event. Um, Amt, I don't know about Diamond, but Amt have also or already had um, some end customers using the solution, validating the process, and um, it's already been successful in multiple applications, like prosthetic devices.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Amt were one of the other partners mentioned in HP's press conference as well in terms of post processing, and um, so they're you know. Th- a M T and dimension. They're often um, different things, um, but I just wanted to mention what you said about S M solutions. Then I feel like um, that that happened, and when we were reading the presses, I thought, "Wait, is this the one that we just had on the front cover yeah. of the or Is this another like bigger machine?" And then we saw like three meters. About okay, that's not the one. So I went down to the standards to have a quick look to see if there's any parts. There there are, there are no parts on there. yet and they did say it's still a few years away from. Mm. Um, from being out there but it's just something they have been working on quite for several years now Um, and I do think we have seen quite a tr- a trend for large format prints in here not just in terms of metals but in polymers there have been a lot of large format FDM machines yep. I went to see uh, Modix today and they've got massive systems mm-hmm. who you know they've, they this, they've got this huge art print at the back of the booth and some of these kind of I think they must be used for like marketing tools or something but they've got these just these, these huge polymer prints but um, yeah for metals maybe more so in sort of the wham area i think we're seeing more yeah. um of the large format stuff but yeah this certainly feels like quite um something quite different and i think see. i think
1: when to be fair when we do speak to a lot of users particularly in like space and oil and gas industries size is a big thing for them but i always think there's a reason why it's you know like, like the industry knows that but there's a reason why they don't those, those machines don't exist and obviously it can be quite challenging to scale these up with a powder bed machine that's a lot of powder a lot of like safety and environmental Mm -hmm. considerations you have to make plus there's a productivity angle a cost angle um but i think um slm are obviously making big strides with with the nxg series 1.5 meters was the the axis fill volume of of that machine and we were saying on that podcast that for that type of process that's quite a big a big jump Mm. um and they basically doubled that. Yeah, or will double that when they when they develop this one. And I agree with WireArc, Fraunhofer had a big Wire Arc um, platform that's obviously like just inherently scalable. Had a robot arm that's like this is just you know this is what we can fit on our boots, yeah, yeah, It could be whatever size. Um, we see like relativity in their their technology, and that's just huge. And, I don't realise it until you see images of like little tiny men. Yeah. And <laughs> stood next to you, probably like six foot three or whatever. <laughs> but um, yeah, that is definitely a, I guess, a theme but, and a trend. But it, again, like, you know, you, you were telling me earlier that this SLM machine in development, maybe they'll have some to show next year at Formax. But even that, like, that might take longer than we thought. Like, when we look at the binder jet technologies at HP and GE of the launch, they, they set out dates originally, and yeah. them, you know, I guess they had COVID to deal with as well. That that probably factors in, but you know, it's only until this year and for next year, GE to actually get those launched, and that'll be six years since mm-hmm. GE announced that. Um, I know they announced that like day one that they started working on it, but it, yeah, it might take even longer than because it is a big old machine.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but interesting that they've announced it. Um, I guess. Um, because I don't think sometimes I think you get these announcements when other companies are working on similar things, mm-hmm. Whereas I don't really know that I've not heard any any other companies um are working on a machine of that size. Yeah, it would be interesting to see if they do manage to to get something to, to show us next year.
0: Yeah, when I spoke to the CEO Sam before and he was he just said, Yeah, see so it's our thing now where we like launch a bigger machine like every week. Like yeah, Defo seems that way, yeah. doesn't it? So maybe it'll be six meters that we have
1: to weeks.
0: Ollie, what about you? Any other um big announcements you wanna talk about?
1: So
2: an interesting one that I went to was uh, materialize. So they were announcing seven new Technology partners for its co platform. Mm-hmm. So they've now got 10 technology partners in total and some big some big names uh, As Sam mentioned SLM solutions have been very busy so that they're, they're included in the new technology partners Also a few other companies we've already mentioned AMT, Dime Mansion and Post Process are now part of the platform alongside Trinkle Twicket, Additive Marking and uh, I spoke to uh, Bart van der Scheren. He really went into detail about how he feels companies in AM have a responsibility to learn from each other and he thinks that's something companies should be doing more mm-hmm. so the fact that some big names SLM have joined this platform he's uh, again it's excited excited for the future because if a company like that joins hopefully more big companies uh get into the mm-hmm. idea of sharing with each other to like advance the industry
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's something he made a big big point about
0: Materialize are so good with that. I think I went to one of their conferences a few years ago, and the whole theme was it was the word wasn't collaboration, but it was some kind of play on collaboration. Um, and the whole conference was like, you know, it was all about their end users, but you could really see that thread like weave all the way through it. Mm -hmm. And I think they genuinely do believe that because again, they're a software company. It is the glue they've called themselves for years, the backbone of the AIM industry because so many people use not just it's not just like the you know, it's not just design software. It's not just support structure. It's the stuff. It's the stuff that machines run on. It's all the stuff in in the background as well. So, you know, there's so much of that where like that that is true. So, I think that the fact that they do want everyone to collaborate and learn from each other is is a really good thing. And and this CoAM platform now with the the stuff from Link3D too, yeah. that's only going to extend that even mm. more. So, I think this is a really interesting development.
1: They've always got right from the beginning like the importance of being agnostic. Mm-hmm. Like They must like. When you think about the amount of M&A that's happened throughout the whole 30-plus like, year history of the industry, I imagine there must have been countless times where like, 3D systems are like, we need to acquire that company, yeah. and obviously materialize, just avoided that. Yeah. Um, and I, this is just another example of understanding that, sorry, but there's an ecosystem that all <laughs> needs to work together.
0: I'm not allergic um, to the <laughs>
1: But it's also another example of software companies being acquired, um, fully consumed, and then here are the here's the kind of result of the of, of our idea plus their technology. Mark Forge has done the same this week with uh, Tom Simulation, um, which we um, did a article on earlier in the week, and that's now just a like a tab of the IGA software. Mm. Um, and funny enough, I was speaking to Hexagon earlier really this week, and it's like a lot of their software capability powers IGA. Um, so there's a lot of that going on, but the the Tom Simulation i is just called Simulation. And it's just like an, a little tab in the corner and you just click open click it and you've got it and the difference i guess is markforge kept that to themselves and um materializer actually you know sharing um the benefits of that whereas Mark Forge have gone this is a massive competitive advantage and we're going to hoard it and keep it <laughs> which is their prerogative i guess um but, but there's a lot of that going on i think um another thing i saw this week was um Stratosist and Origin, and they had, I don't know if you saw it, I walked past that stand multiple times and I didn't even catch what was there. like the, I...
0: the one time I've asked someone the awkward question this week of what's the best thing you've seen, this is what they've said to me. Okay,
1: well, yeah. I've never, we hear people talk about it all the time at like these treasures, <laughs> but I've never actually seen someone bring it and show it. Um, and I, I spoke to um, Rich Garrity and he said a few few people said we really love this, but we'd like it scaled down because it takes quite a footprint. But basically, It was an automated production cell with um, a configuration of like, I think it was six Origin 1 machines, a single robotic arm, and it was um, picking parts from the machine onto the conveyor belt. It was going around in a a circle through a cleaning and curing station, and then the parts were dropping off into bins, and then the robot arm was basically putting the, the build plate back in the machine and it was like this really efficient thing and it maybe took up like a third of their booth or a quarter of their booth um, and their booth was pretty big Um, but that was really cool to see and I, like I said I walked past it loads of times, it was only when I stepped on to the stand and because we couldn't find a seat because it was pretty busy and they'd reserved a press table which I think got hijacked um, but we just ended up standing by this and we were just talking we were like what is going on here what you're actually showing and um, that was pretty cool to see and I think um, they were saying they're not selling that as a solution but that's just like it's basically this is when we talk about these things this is what it looks like and this is what it can look like Yeah. Um, and I think, I think that probably helps to, to just see it as, as Ollie was saying earlier like a lot of people will learn things visually and until you see it you don't appreciate appreciate how efficient that is. Yeah. Um and and how if you could integrate that. And I'm a few customers are saying it'd be great if we could scale that down. I'm sure there are plenty of saying I don't want six or twelve yeah. or three robotic arms. I want um, these other um, units to do other post processing things or whatever along that along that workflow. So um, I thought it was really good to see actually just a, because we, we always hear about some solutions, not products. Maybe maybe it's time we start exhibiting solutions as well as products. And that might actually help you to sell. Because I've heard a lot of people this week say, um, and I've heard it before. Um, in fact, it was um, it was a new Fortify CEO. He said that um, his first impression of the industry is that we focus on the what. What was it? The what? Not that. No, the how, not the what. Mm. Um, so, like, he doesn't want to see machines. He wants to see parts because the machine just a machine. Show me what it can actually do, and I'm not really bold Like these. You don't care these, how you get
0: there. These just... buyers
1: have yeah. products to make. They don't care what it the machine looks like. I've heard some people say that our oh, three D printing machines look too nice. They're too clean, <laughs> They're too dirtier. But um, but I thought that was an interesting point. Like he, he thought that. The, um, the industry portrays it in a way that he, and he's not from this industry, he's got other, other experiences and he's, he's quite a, um, he's a really nice guy, but his expertise is basically in growing businesses. That's what he's had to look for. Um, but his first impression was that this industry is too focused on the machines. And I think we are, I think we all geek out on the machines. Well, that's what we
0: talked about, the stats. And yeah. the processes, yeah. and it's but it, that's just a, a
1: means to an end the end is what we should be focusing
0: on i totally agree and it, it, that sort of ties into the application thing i was talking about earlier. you know it doesn't really it doesn't really matter w- what it is we just care like what what we get out of it yeah. at the end and um i think that is that is becoming much more of a reality now and because years ago it, it was the fact that it was 3d printed that it was the the usb yeah. Um. Whereas, like you know, Ollie, you've been to see Carbon this week, and know you've been mm-hmm. really, really impressed by this. You've seen the Adidas trainers and stuff, yeah. and I know you're dying for a pair of the mm-hmm. uh, Black Panther ones. So, a card if you listening. Yeah. He's a size.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, size
0: eight, please. <laughs> um. But even seeing that, and I've said this several times, but you go on this website, it does not even say they're three D printed anymore, yeah. because it's not it's it's not the cool fact. It's the fact that it's this lattice structure that has this ability to push the runner forward. It's what it does. It's not the fact that it's three D printed. Mm-hmm. Whereas years ago, it was like, oh
1: my god, wow. Um, what I'm seeing now a lot. I don't know if you've noticed this, but people who aren't carbon in them. Mm, I have lot, as well. I'm a lot of people who aren't carbon. Employees wearing them, but another interesting enough, and on the on the whole, applications not machines point. There's a reason why I think the industry still focuses on machines, and that's because there aren't enough of those killer applications. Yes, yet. I've been to. I think it was Andre or who made the point that there's no today. There's no new aligner market like that. That market is just you 3D print the mold. That's what you do, and there isn't. I think maybe like heat exchangers might be the thing on, on the metal side, but there isn't enough of those. Like, there are there are loads of cases where companies are um, finding benefits, but it isn't the industry standard yet. And I think, I think when we get to the point where there's an industry standard in all of those key verticals, mm-hmm. maybe people will stop because to be fair to the exhibitors, it costs a lot of money to um to ship your machines here. Oh yeah, and to and to bring them here, I'm sure it's a pain in the backside um, to do that. I'm sure it's some poor person's job to have to. Deal it's hard about,
0: enough like. for us to get magazines in. Exactly. So. Yeah. Oh
1: my god, yeah. Mine have it's a very important purpose in my hotel room. I don't know what the title this, but so the plug adapter um, for my laptop plugged really heavy, and because the adapter is a bit rubbish, it falls out of the socket. So I've had to stack like nine of our TCD magazines. Don't do this with your TCD magazines, by the way. Definitely read them um, <laughs> under that to keep it steady. So I've brought them here with the idea of distributing them. I will distribute them tomorrow when I check out. Um, I'm going to go throw them at people. <laughs> but multifunctional magazines. What well, about? I'll tell Jane in marketing.
0: Applications. Applications, <laughs> yeah. Well, has anybody else got any other cool things you want to talk about?
1: Not relating to AM. got plenty of cool stuff.
0: Actually. Well, I'm going to go off to the airport soon. What are you guys going to do? Are you going to go to the we'll final party? We'll to
1: the, yeah, I think we'll yeah, schlep to the final party in Hall 9 for okay. a little bit. Yeah. Then I don't know. I mean, depends what the weather does because it's like chucking it down, I think. Mm-hmm. So probably avoid that for as long as possible. Yes. Yeah. Um, That seems like a good idea to me because before, like the roof
0: was going to come in it on. Yeah,
1: it did. It was lovely. It nice. <laughs> yeah, it's
0: good. <laughs> okay, well, thank you very much for listening. We will have more stories from Farm Next over the next few weeks. Uh, thanks again for listening. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe if you get your podcast. And for more additive insight, make sure you sign up for our weekly newsletter to get the best AM news stories delivered straight to your inbox every Sunday and receive your free print subscription to the mag, which you can also use as a stacking holder for your <laughs> heavy Mac charges. <laughs> so, <laughs> thanks for listening. See you again next time. Bye.